from Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and I'm so super excited that you're here. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards. And just so you know, the awards was created to celebrate the voices that inspire humanity. And when we talk about voices, we're talking about voices like yours, from people like you, because we know you've had struggles, you've had challenges, and you've also had some joyful, epic experiences. And from all of these, you've gained valuable lessons that can help others do better and be better in their personal lives, in their relationships, in their careers, and in their business endeavors. Now, we all have a favorite story, right? Some of us more than one. We have stories that inspire us, that motivate us, stories that make us laugh and cry, and even stories that make us want to get up and dance and sing. Because it's these stories that connect us, one another, as human beings. It's how we relate to one another. It's how we learn about our own past and how we are able to envision the future. And so that's why the awards program was created as a platform for you to share your inspiring stories. And much more than that, we've made it into a big celebration. So if you want to learn more and you want to apply for your chance to be a finalist and be considered to win a $20,000 cash prize in a book publishing contract from Morgan James Publishing, who's one of the leaders in the publishing industry, head on over to voiawards.com and become one of our storytellers. And speaking of storytellers and stories, our guest today is the one and only Aubrey Anna. She was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. She was initially placed in a foster home where she was given the beautiful name Elizabeth. But yet, at 17 days old, she was adopted by a beautiful woman and a beautiful man, Mary Lynn and Dr. Steve Wilson. Now, one of the interesting uh, uh, facts about this scenario is that Aubriana's mother, Um, Mary Lynn had only been given one year to live after she gave birth to her brother. Defying the odds, however, she stayed very much alive, and it was years later that Mary Lynn achieved her own dream of having a baby girl with long, curly brown hair, which turned out to be Aubriana. And so they changed her name from Elizabeth to Aubriana after the song. I don't know how many of you recall, there was back in the 70s, there was this group called Bread. It was one of my own personal favorite groups. And they had this song called Aubrey. And you might recognize the melody. And Aubrey was her name. Anyway, our guest today, Aubriana, knows that song inside and out because it was Mary Lynn and um, uh, Dr. Wilson that taught her about music and taught her about life and taught her about art. And it happens that Aubriana is one of the most celebrated uh, jazz musicians in the entire country. And she currently lives in Dallas, Texas with her family. And I know the entire Dallas community loves her. She's frequently voted as the best jazz singer in, in, you know, in the city, in the region, in the state. And so I'm just so excited to have her here in our virtual studio with us today, uh, straight from Dallas, Texas, to share her story. Aubrey Anna, welcome, Aubrey. Hello. What a beautiful intro. Oh my goodness. I was about to cry. <laughs> I'm getting emotional already. We haven't even started it's, anything yet. It's such a beautiful story. Of course, a lot of people would cry from that. And uh, I know that, you know, as a 
singer, songwriter, entertainer yourself, and as a uh, fine artist, um, you've had a lot of moments that have you know, you face tears, right? You face challenges and and all those kinds of things. And, you know, being adopted and, and being raised by adoptive parents. Um, you know, it's it's just so wonderful to finally have you here on the show. We've been trying to get you forever, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> and we were finally able to make it to happen. So how are things for you in Dallas right now? Well, thank you for asking and thank you for having me on your show. I think what you're doing is incredible and so supportive of it. So it's it's just my honor to be here and speak with you here today. Um, but Dallas is going great. I mean, thankfully, a lot of things have been picking up the industry as a whole, as far as events and venues and restaurants and hotels, you know, they're still having some struggle post COVID as far as uh, employers and getting those types of events rolling. But we've been very fortunate through this whole time. We really have. And during, you know, the middle of COVID, I was asked to host a television show uh, called Country Music News with Aubriana on the Country Network in Fort Worth and went all over goodness, millions of homes streaming. And that was such a great time for us. And I know a lot of others weren't as fortunate, so I don't take anything for granted. It was such a wonderful thing to be able to highlight country music artists and then the charities that they supported. So, but as far as currently out there singing, doing my thing, writing, and um, just feeling so blessed to be able to have that platform. You know, Abriana, as I hear you say that, number one, I have to give credit to um, to you because you positioned yourself and you've you've worked at it. It's it's your discipline, it's your integrity, it's your honesty, it's your character that has put you in the position of being selected not only for the numerous awards that you've achieved over the years in, in, in Texas and in Hollywood and all throughout the, the country, um, but for people to call you, right, for your phone to keep ringing during the, the COVID lockdown, um, you know, is a testament to the kind of person that you are, the kind of person that my wife and I have uh, known you and your family to be throughout the years that, that uh, we've been friends. And so, you know, Credit to you, right? It's it's a good job, good job. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how did you um, how did you enter the world of music? I know from your background that your mom was a a musician. Was was she professional, or was she something that she loved to do? So my mother was a huge part of my musical inspiration through going growing up, and it's just amazing to me that I was placed in a family that was a musical ear and a musical talented family. My dad actually played bass before oh, really? he was in the Air Force. He played bass in a band and now he's back to playing bass, which is kind of cool. Um in what I call it's the retirement um it's the retirement home. But I always say, hey, how are things going on, Dad, in the home? <laughs> and, how funny, uh, but you know there are no accidents, right? So it's no accident that you were you weren't born into this family, but you were delivered to this family, Absolutely. right? They sought yeah. you out and, you know, it's, it's not by chance. It's, it's, it's your destiny. Yes. So my mother, she was playing ever since she was a little girl and she was a concert pianist. So when I say amazing talent, it it's, it's her ability to play so effortlessly. And it was just really neat to hear her. Uh, I actually listened to, um, not too long ago, my dad had sent me a clip of her 
at a concert that she was playing when she was in college and they called her, you know, magic fingers, I think, because <laughs> she, oh. her, she, the way she played was so quick and so difficult and, but she made it seem like, you know, there was nothing to it. And I just grew up with hearing her play on the piano my entire life. So I would, I would wake up to it. I would hear it. She created her own scores. Uh, she was a piano teacher, an English teacher, and, a, and worked at a marketing firm as well. And one neat thing that I didn't know about my mother. Now, my mom is a short, you know, she was, uh, my mother passed years ago, as you know. Um, she was five, one or five, two, <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, fair skin woman. And um, I didn't know this about her, but she chose to teach English while she was, you know, doing piano, she chose to teach English in an inner city school when they were, where they were stationed and it was bars and, you know, up and all that. And her one thing that she wanted to do is be that influence to these young kids that had some of them, they were the first in their families to actually graduate high school. So she chose to be in a dangerous area because she wanted to make an impact. So I have no doubt in my mind that her, the way that she was before I even came to know her definitely rubbed off on me and the family that I was placed in. I definitely wanted to play piano because of my mother and she d encouraged me to play and that would be a great foundation for me. And that's how I've learned to do it by ear. Now, one thing I do wish that I would have done is the mother daughter dynamics of, of the teaching. I wish I would have stuck that out because she was the best teacher. And uh, that's something that I definitely want to go back into structural teaching of, of piano, but I can play by ear. And that's how a lot of the songs that I write comes from just sitting down at the piano and kind of playing around with melodies. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, well, that's how I play too, is by ear. And that's how I learned to, to play guitar initially. And then I learned to play um, the keyboard, not so much the piano, but electronic keyboards, you know, those kinds of things for writing pop songs. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you say mm -hmm. you play by ear. And it's a, it's a gift, but it's also something that can be trained, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I, I really believe if, if anyone can set their mind to it and if they want to sit down and put the time and the effort and consistency, consistency is the key. If they just stick at it, because a lot of people that I talk to and I get to talk to a lot of young girls, they get frustrated, you know, when when something doesn't go right or they don't do something a, a, a certain way. And I always say, listen, you, you can't give up the, those those first through five through 10 through 15 times, if you just keep going and keep on being persistent, you'll get it. So yeah, if, if anyone, if they have a desire to learn, you know, they, they can sit down and with the proper in instructor, they even have stuff online now that you can, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but they have online courses for piano. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And it's, you know, the, the times have certainly changed from when I first started playing and learning instruments and those kinds of things. I don't do that as much anymore. But you said something very important. You said, as long as you have a proper instructor, right, because a lot of people can do things or, or, or they can try and and and, and practice or develop a skill, but if you don't have proper instruction to go along with that desire and to go along with that discipline and that, um, you know, your desire to improve and get better is not going to happen unless you have um, a proper instructor, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to give uh, a lot of compliments to my husband at this point because... <laughs> Heber? Your husband Heber? <laughs> 
That's an inside oh, joke for those of you watching. Joke, yeah. yeah. Um, but Henry has been that for me. And I had all the training of being a stage performer in high school and I was in theater and I was doing choir and I did competitions. But those types of things were very, very different from being in front of an actual audience that was, you know, spending money on on dinner and drinks and to be there for an entertainer. That's a different type of of stage. And I remember looking back, I've been transferring a lot of videos that we took from back in the day onto USB. And it's been such touching moments. And I told him the other day, I said, oh my goodness, we were on a cruise ship and he was always throwing me out there to do stuff. And you had to audition. You had to audition on the Carnival Cruise. It was thousands of people sat in this auditorium. And he was back in the day promoting me. Um, it's uh, it's nine o'clock p.m. My, my wife, she's about to be singing at 930 in the Palladium Lounge. Uh, <laughs> what are y'all doing right now? You're over here, but you need to be over there. <laughs> and um, I had to audition to even perform at the carnival. And I thought, gosh, what a great mindset for him to have for me to be able to perform in front of, you know, a couple thousand people on this cruise ship with all the lights and the band and everything, him to have the mindset to put me in that position to grow and to learn from. And he would always debrief me out of a, out after a performance and say, okay, you did these things well, and these things, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> and uh, these things were really bad. Like you need to change these immediately. Um, but my growth in, as a musician, as a singer, as a talent, as an entertainer really is, is in, he's the wind beneath my wings. He's, he's been the support system to really tell me the truth and be honest with me about things and help me develop into what you see today. So bravo to Henry, my personal manager <laughs> and husband. Husband and best friend and yes. uh and yeah, life partner and, and father to your children. And um, yeah, Henry's a, a beautiful man. He's uh, just such a, a warm, loving soul. And you would never know, you know, to look at him like he's that, you know, outgoing, energetic type. But I know that he is once he gets in the environment. But to look at him otherwise, you would think he barely talks, right? Because he's just very quiet, keeps to himself. But once you get to know him, then, you know, he opens up and, and um, you know, really lets you in. So he's he's very protective. And I can see he's protective of you and protective of the family. So that's a beautiful thing. It's got to be hard from time to time working in this industry, in particular with your husband, right? Because there's so many... Um, you know, I, I, not to, uh, let's just call it what it is. It's the entertainment industry, right? There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of temptation. There's a lot of drinking and partying, carousing going on and those kinds of things. And not to say that you, you know, engage in those necessarily, but People from the audience, you know, they'll have a few drinks and they'll come up and all of a sudden they call you babe and gorgeous and all this stuff. And right in front of Henry, um, that's got to be tough for him, right? Because he's got to let it, he's got to allow it a little bit as long as they don't cross the line because it's part of your it's part of your your mystery. It's part of your charm. It's part of the show, right? How do you guys deal with that? So 
Great question. And you're absolutely right with all those things going on. Uh, for us personally, we've always made sure that we were extremely professional, you know, not taking a drink while we're performing or, you know, just the things that people will offer you, or even in the recording studio, there's a lot of stuff going on oh, yeah. <laughs> we behind the scenes in the recording studio that we had no part of, but we knew it was going on um, in some areas of town. You know, we, when we first started, we kind of had to work with different people and collaborate because that was what was available. So we did a lot of different genres and things that weren't necessarily me, but it was to give me the experience. And I had him always. So I always felt comfortable and safe as long as he was there. As far as shows, I'm sure it can be difficult for him sometimes with people. And he is protective, but he is such a humble person because he really removes himself unless we have codes. If someone's, you know, one time somebody had way too much to drink. I was singing around the room. This guy lifted me up mm. while I was singing. Now I was freaked out first of all, that the whole thing was happening, but yeah. I kept singing, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to fall either. Cause I, you know, and they had security kind of maneuver, you know, it was immediate, but he didn't, what he didn't do was jump up and you know, leave the piano and station and, and go, um, handle the guy. Rescue you. Yeah. We've handled it in a way where we've told the security or the bartenders and wait staff to kind of watch out for these types of things. So it makes it a little less pressure on us. And I have learned the art of scooting. scooting. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know, like just kind of like maneuvering away, like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. And just kind of, you know, you know, because where we're at on a regular basis at the Warwick Melrose Hotel Library Bar on Saturday nights there's not necessarily it's an old school but new school lounge feel there's not an established stage so that brings people just come up to you while you're singing they ask you questions while you're singing or yeah it's or they they want to troll you while you have the microphone and it's kind of like this awkward thing but in I, the middle of Tennessee whiskey and someone comes <laughs> up and says, where's the bathroom lady? <laughs> or, or better yet, they don't, they don't realize that I, some people that are brand new, they don't know. They think I may be a manager or something. And I've mm. gone up to tables because they don't expect, uh, apparently uh, entertainers and singers don't necessarily, I guess, go up and talk to the patrons before, during, or after right. a show. And so they're not used to that. So I've, taken a lot of drink orders. <laughs> I said, are you That's guys okay? Are you okay? Um, actually I'd like another Merlot. I was like, Oh my goodness. I'll get, and then when I get up to sing, they're like absolutely mortified. <laughs> but, the question like, is, but did they leave you the tip? Did they leave you the tip? Is oh, that, right. That's the yeah, right. For bring the drink. Um, I, I think out of feeling really bad, I think they go up and give me a tip right away in the tip jar. But um, that's funny. And that's something that we've witnessed with you and, and Henry too, is that, um, like you said, he's, he's very humble and he's, uh, super good looking too and so i know that in these <laughs> yeah. environments right it's not only you that would get hit on but i you know i imagine that henry also gets hit on by you know these ladies that you know are just out there to have a good time and henry <laughs> you know reminds me of howard hewitt um from uh, shalimar i know you know that group because he's just got this gorgeous smile and this beautiful face and um yeah that's got to be a, a challenge and good for you guys for recognizing that you know we need to 
find a way to work together and actually make it work. And it's a good thing that neither of you are pursuing the same dream, right? It's it's when a couple are pursuing the same dream that one gets jealous that the other one's getting all the phone calls and all the opportunities and the other one, no one's calling him or her anymore, right? And we see that a lot in the uh, entertainment industry. Um, Ariana, as someone in the um, in the limelight, on the stage, in the public eye, uh, especially a very attractive woman like you, um, I know that um, you've seen a lot in your audiences. You've seen a lot going on out in the world. Um, one of those issues uh, that I know is de- near and dear to your heart is the subject of sex trafficking and human trafficking, um, which you are working towards eliminating uh, with organizations and through your songs, through your music and those kinds of things. Um, tell me a bit about where you are now with, with that particular element of your project. Last I heard you were working on a film or something. How's that coming? Valley of Bones is a wonderful film that I was cast as the uh, support lead, female lead in the film. And my name is Benita. And I have a song that I've written that's actually on YouTube right now. You can see it called Benita's Cry. And it is all about the fear, the insecurities, the um, spirit of rejection, the things that that a female could feel being a victim to um, becoming a victor of human trafficking and sex slave trade. And it is just an absolutely horrible thing, obviously. That still goes on. People think it's just one part of of the state or one part of the country, and it's not. It happens everywhere. I mean, it's during Super Bowl time, and um, and so it's just a difficult thing to get out of. So, what this film is is to provide a platform and a story to be able to bring people closer to home in their hearts to understand how much of an importance that that subject is. And my character Benita, she decides to. It's on the border of Juarez, Mexico and El Paso, and it's actually a fictional story based on true events that happened in that little town. And she knows that, you know, her family is in a mansion that was built on the backs of the less fortunate people. And so she doesn't like that dishonesty and she doesn't she doesn't like what's going on behind the scenes. And so she chooses to sing in like the red light district, which is a very bad part of town in order to be a light in the middle of darkness for people. Mm -hmm. And she ends up getting kidnapped, which spurns this whole thing for her sister um, who works for the state to go on a journey of finding. And in that envelops a whole bunch of corruption that she didn't realize her sister realized, Benita, myself, character, but she didn't realize what's going on. And so with this film, they really hope to bring some awareness that's much needed in a very creative way because films can tell a story, songs can tell a story, visuals that, you know, somebody else might not be able to get to the public. And so we're really looking forward to that getting up again. But in the meantime, you can you can listen to the song Benita's Cry. It's on, you know, all social media, YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and all the, all the like. Love to hear that the progress is going to be um, 
made again with that film. I was super excited when I first heard about it. So look for Benita's Cry on YouTube or through Ariana's uh, social media channels. And we'll put a link to it here in the in the show notes for you so you can access it because it's an absolutely beautiful song. Ariana, being on stage and being in the public eye and having that ability to stand and deliver messages to people through your song, through your music, through your art, through being an actor on stage, it gives you a lot of power. And a lot of people are available or they can access that power, right? We give them the privilege of standing on stage and in many times they abuse it, right? And so through the Voices of Impact Awards, we're giving people a platform where they're going to be empowered to speak their mind, to speak their voice. What suggestions might you have for someone wanting to come on this stage or any stage as to how do you use your voice? How do you use that power that you're being given? How do you do it responsibly in the way that you have? Well, thank you for that question, because that is something that people without, you know, a grounding right, can take advantage of and use that power of a platform in a very negative way. And we've been very direct on making sure that we make a positive influence and I don't abuse that power, especially being an influence to young girls and want to be very purposeful in in different things that we're doing. I would say, however, to not be afraid to be yourself in that and knowing that you don't have to be something that you're not in order to have that platform. You can still be yourself. You don't need to use extremes. And, you know, once you get that, just to be able to balance the fact that there are a lot of people watching, you want to make sure that your message is being clear to the people. You do want to make a positive impact on folks. And so you want to be able to balance that, but definitely there's a lot of people in this industry or even speakers that feel like they have to be something that they're not in order to get the attention from an audience. And if you're saying something you're passionate about and you're being yourself, that's the most authentic way for people to gravitate towards you because they know you're being genuine. And people are smarter than folks think. They they can tell when people are genuinely caring and sharing something on their heart rather than people that are trying to position themselves in a different kind of way that they're not. What a beautiful response. Thank you for that advice. And ladies and gentlemen, Ariana had just shared with you being authentic, being yourself. And I know that Many of you watching, many of you listening to this program probably think, "Hmm, you know, I've never done this before. I really don't know who myself is. I really don't know who I am. Aubriana, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat for this one also and say, what kind of advice would you give to that person that really, you know, you've been trained, you've, you've had a lot of experience. And so you're at the point in your life now, especially where you know your values, you know who you are, you know what you stand for. And so, you know, there are certain things that you won't do, and there are certain things that you will do in order to um, express yourself, right? Whereas somebody that hasn't quite found themselves yet, their identity, their brand, their purpose, how would you suggest that they go about establishing that before they start appearing on these stages as a speaker, as a singer, or public figure? Thank you for that question. So I would say 
you know, in order to find yourself and, and who you are, it is definitely a process because even though myself, and I know this is rare, I've always wanted to be a singer, always wanted to be an entertainer since I was a little girl. And, you, you know, there's a lot of finding your pathway in that. Right. Um, and thankfully I had someone. So what is it to a person who doesn't have that person that can help guide them in that direction? I would say to use my own story when I just first started stepping out to either open mics or being put on stage and just taking every little opportunity, even working with producers that weren't in my genre. So I was raised on America's great classics and country music. I'm a country singer songwriter. I write country music, but in the process of learning in the recording studio, learning how to do my own harmonies, learning all these things. I had to work with a multitude of different genres. And when you sing a lot of cover tunes and you're out there performing, you can tend to kind of lose yourself in, in you know, who you are because you're doing a lot of covers and you're doing a lot of other people's materials, not your own individual material. But I would also say dedication to just get out there and do it because if, if you don't get out there and do certain things or find small audiences or even I used to stand in my room and pretend I was on stage <laughs> and pretend yep. there was all these people there and, you know, I, connect with air <laughs> and pretend there was actual, I hear Dolly Parton performed her animals. I didn't have any, even animals to perform for. Um, but, you know, just to get out there and do it, because the first thing is, is the fear, because you don't know yourself, to step out and start doing things, you might learn also a lot of things about yourself instead of being fearful of just not doing anything because you're not sure. Love it. Love it. That's great advice. And um, it, it goes hand in hand with what I call developing your personal dynamic quotient as a speaker, as a presenter, as a public figure, which means what Aubriana just shared with us is that go out and present, go out and perform if you're singing or a musician or go out and try different venues because you'll find the one that really aligns with you. You will find the one that fits with you. If you want to, uh, for example, speak on TEDx stages, you know, there's a different avenue. Uh, if you want to speak to um, corporate sales teams, there's a different avenue um, and different audiences. So find the audience that you can relate to, that you, that you feel good about serving, and that's how you'll be able to find your own identity as a speaker or as a singer-songwriter. Um, I remember when I was um, uh, in Los Angeles uh, many years ago in the 80s pursuing my own career, if I knew that there was a grand opening of an envelope, I would be there to sing. <laughs> and so uh, many times... Ariana, I ended up in the wrong place. I remember going to a open mic night in Los Angeles at this big name bar that's no longer there. And I'm singing Julio Iglesias type romantic Latin music. And so I show up there and find it's this honky tonk type of place, very, very famous, but they actually had a net in front of the stage. And you know what the net is for it. The net in front of the stage is to catch the things that the audience would throw at the artists if they didn't like the music. <laughs> and so there I was dressed in a suit and tie in this honky-tonk bar, and it was absolutely disastrous. And so I switched from singing a Julio Iglesias Spanish song to um, the only song that I could think of at the time was Kenny Rogers' Lady. 
uh, you know, which is kind of a country kind of song. And it worked. They didn't throw me off stage, but it gave me the the realization that this is not where I belong. <laughs> this is not my lane. I won't go back to, you know, create these experiences. And I know that you've had a lot of experiences in your career, um, and your career is far from over. And part of that is um, your ability to tell a story. Your ability to tell a story is what keeps you alive. Songs are stories. You're a master at sharing stories from stage. But now that we have you with us, what is a story that, about you um, that you've, you know, it was a challenge, you overcame a challenge, a big struggle, you learned a great lesson from that you would like to share with our audience that they can learn from? I would love to share a story about some struggles that I actually went through to help other people. Cause I think it's really important that people know that, Hey, you're not alone. Everybody has something. And for me personally, of course I had wonderful parents that I was adopted by. They were my parents. I love them. They did such a great job in hindsight. When you look at, you're like, man, I didn't have it as bad as you thought when you were a kid, you know, they always worked really hard to, to give me such a great upbringing. And one thing I still struggled with being adopted was insecurity because I didn't know why my birth mother gave me up. Um, I didn't know my heritage it was a closed adoption. So, you know, being with my my parents and I look completely opposite and I was always trying to be involved in a group. Right. So if I was with my white friends, it wasn't all the way. If I was with my black friends, it wasn't if my Mexican friends. Like I was always trying to find a way to fit in because I didn't really connect or look like anybody. And so I struggled with that. I struggled as a young person, as most young adolescents do anyway. Middle school is probably the hardest. And then when I got into high school, I still struggled. It was through music. And after a few years of me professionally performing, believe it or not, when I was able to, I learned how to sing in other languages and I was able to meet people from all over the world. And they would ask me, where are you from? It became a common sing in different languages. Are you from me? I came up with a saying, wherever you're from, I'm from. Mm. And it was at that point that I had a shift, a paradigm shift in me that realized that all those years, I didn't have to be from a particular place. Through music, I could love on people and I didn't have to be from somewhere. I could actually be connected to everybody. That was my saving grace to get over a struggle that I had with insecurities in my own skin and knowing that I didn't have to feel that way anymore and that I could just present and love and, uh, you know, bring music to, to folks and everyone could come together in a multicultural and environment and we could just have a great time. And so, uh, that was my insecurity in my own skin struggle hump that I, that I got over and how beautiful a thing that it was through music and the people that I met through that, that helped me. How wonderful. You know, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was Stevie Wonder that coined the phrase that music is a universal language or maybe somebody, you know, he says music is a world within itself with a language we all understand mm-hmm. um, from, from one of his songs, right? Um, and it's true. Uh, it crosses all boundaries. What a wonderful thing that you were able to combine that and and use the power of music to kind of celebrate yourself and to secure yourself in knowing that it doesn't matter that I don't know my birth parents and where I'm from um, because 
wherever you're from, I'm from there too. In other words, we're connected. In other words, I know you've been through struggles. I've been through struggles. I know that you've had hard times. I've had hard times. I know that you laugh and cry. I laugh and cry. And so that's a beautiful thing. And so it's a, I wonder if you realize the impact of that little phrase that you came up with and how actually powerful that is. Well, thank you. It's just, it's been a, it's been a, a wonderful journey. And um, I discovered during that time too, that as much as I've loved singing my entire life, I know it sounds a little cheesy, but I love the people more. Sure. Sure they do. Because you're doing it for them, right? You're not doing it for yourself. A lot of artists do. Um, but we can tell that you're doing it for them and they can feel it, right? That you're giving them the pleasure. It's not up there. Look at me. I'm a Brianna. Look at me. I'm beautiful. Look <laughs> at me. I'm, you know, it's, it's not like that. There's a lot of artists that behave like that, but uh, you're not one of them. And that's why you're so popular and people love you and keep asking for you. And when's Brianna coming back? And <laughs> so kudos <laughs> to you once again, for your discipline and for your training and for just, um, you know, staying the course. Cause I know that you could have made a lot of choices along the way that may have led you to different, you know, results. Um, but you're here, you have a beautiful family, you have a beautiful husband, you have a great career, um, which is still getting underway, isn't it? Because you're doing, are you you working on a new album right now? The last album that I wrote is just underneath Aubriana. You can find it on, again on all streaming and, and social media. But the this latest single that I put out was called A Very Cheerful Christmas. And it just, as it says, Christmas time is my favorite time of the year. I can't believe that we're like encroaching upon that again. And, and so it's just a fun song about all the things that I personally love. And so what we have as a goal right now is putting together my second country album. So we uh, were putting out a lot of singles before that. And so now it's time to actually put together one album. So I'm really excited about that. We are scheduled to go into the studio here within the next few weeks and start knocking out some songs that I've written. So that's going to be exciting. And on top of that, also I'm working on with our family on lullabies and nursery rhymes. And we're taking about almost 28 songs and we are changing. I've rewritten now, I guess, over 15 of those songs to be something very positive. Like for instance, Rockabye Baby in the treetop, you know, it talks about the baby falling from the tree, <laughs> basically. That's right. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> and we're rocking the baby to sleep and we're talking about the baby's going to fall. And, um, and so for instance, Rockabye Baby in my safe arms, like that's what we changed the lyrics or I changed the lyrics to uh, encompass some really positive um, face faith-based uh, nursery rhymes and some that are just traditional like itsy bitsy spider but we'll have a beautiful encouraging video that will go along with it a cartoon series that will you know encouraging the spider you know to accomplish their goals uh so I'm, I'm really excited about that still working on my book pretty so pretty was a song that I did a few years ago that was to encourage young girls and women to feel comfortable in their own skin, no matter what, what they've been through in life. And it was really neat because we had a lot of young girls, including, I guess the oldest was a single mom. She had a little baby and it's a very powerful and empowering music video for that schools are currently use. So they currently show it to their students to provoke conversations on security or what they might be going through, whether it be bullying or they don't like their hair or they feel insecure about their looks or something about them. We talk about 
you know, the ability to, you know, get past that and to know that each person was made unique and special in the way they were. And so because of that, my husband said, you know, honey, you really need to put your story in, in a, in a book form for have one for teens and adults. And I have gotten almost done with the children's book called pretty that I'm also doing. So I think it's really important to get kids young and really pump that positivity into them because once they get a certain age, it only gets more difficult with the surroundings and atmosphere, especially nowadays. Boy, you are 100% correct on that. I mean, it's all about how the kids, including us, right, how we were programmed as, as children. And unless we become aware that that programming is not um, in our best interest, um, many kids go into adulthood believing that they're worthless, believing that they don't matter, believing that they suck, they believe, you know, all of these things. And that translates into who shows up at work that day and how they show up at work that day. It translates into how they show up in their marriages and in their relationships and with their friends and those kinds of things. So it's huge, huge um, for you to be undertaking this kind of beautiful project that sounds like it's very creative. And I can see you smiling every time you talk about it because it's just got to be so much fun for you and your family to be uh, doing this. So congratulations and thank you for, you know, doing that and continuing to serve beyond, uh, you know, just holding the stage in a microphone. And so, um, that brings us to the uh, end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rihanna um, is on a very, very tight schedule with us today. Otherwise, we'd continue talking to her mo for multiple hours. And um, you may want to do that. Uh, you can do that by following her on her social media. You can do that by following her on her YouTube channel. We'll put all the links into the show notes so you don't have to go searching for it. Just click down below and you're able to see... Um, where you can connect with Abriana, listen to her music, see her art, and just keep in touch with what she's doing because she's doing some fascinating things. And so I want to thank you for being with us today. Um, I encourage you, if you have a story, and I know that you do because we all do, right? We have a story. And if you believe that your story can be inspiring and help others do better and be better at whatever it is that they want to do, go to VV. V's and Victor, VOI Awards, that's Voices of Impact Awards, VOIAwards.com, and apply to share your story with the world. Um, and if you're not ready for it, it's okay, because we will train you. We give you free training, we give you free mentorship on preparing your story, on how to identify your story, on how to write it, on how to speak it, on how to present it. Everything that you need to know is there for you as part of the awards program. So go check it out. And maybe, just maybe, your story, much like Abriana's story, has helped so many people that have been uh, able to listen to it. And maybe you can have the same or similar impact as well. Um, Abriana, any final comments or any final wisdom that you would like to leave our audience with, recognizing that this is for the... I think I told you that this is, we're, we're making this into uh, TEDx, the Grammys, and American Idol. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge celebration here in Denver, 2023, September, um, at that gala. And hopefully you and Henry will be able to join us then. Um, but what would you like to leave our audience with, knowing that that's what they're preparing for? I want to encourage 
all of you to really get involved with the Voices of Impact and this whole entire movement and project that Steve is doing. I think it's very, very important. Gives you a platform, gives you a chance. And don't be afraid. Just step out. I mean, they're going to be giving you training. They're going to coach you along the way if you don't have that. And what a better way to get your gift out there than to start to prepare and move in that because all of you, all of us have gifts that we've been given. And it's just about making that first step to get involved in it, to move in it, to walk in it. Don't down yourself if you're not perfect. It, it, this is a process. It takes time. It takes dedication. And with great coaches and like he's going to be doing and they're going to be doing through their program, you guys are going to be okay. And guess what? You're going you're gonna to make an impact <laughs> and you're going to be able to show others. It's not just about us. It's about showing others that, hey, I, I wasn't all the way together or I didn't know how everything was going to come together. But, you know, I took a chance. And you can take a chance too. And that's what it's about. It's about helping other people know that they can do the same thing. So get out there, take your chance, get some coaching. And I can't wait to see you on that big stage. Whoa, what beautiful words to end this program with. And now you can see, ladies and gentlemen, why the world loves Aubriana so much. Beyond the fact that she's just, I mean, got this spectacular talent, uh, can sing like nobody's business. Um, award-winning. She's just phenomenal. But more than that, she's a lovely human being. She's heartfelt. She lives from the heart. And you can see it. You can see it in her friends, in her relationships, in her family. And that's what we encourage all of you to do. So, Ariana, thank you for those kind words about the program. And thank you for your time this afternoon sharing with us uh, your story, a little bit about your career. And we're so excited to see where you go from here. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, once again, go to voiawards.com and apply for your chance to get trained, to share your story, and maybe you will win the $20,000 cash grand prize and or the book publishing deal for Morgan James Publishing. Plus, we got a bunch of other prizes too, so you got to go and check it out. So thank you so much for being with us. 